Hello again everyone, welcome to another episode of Animation Fascination. I'm Mark Vivert, and with me again is my guest host, Sanford Clark. Hi everyone. Uh, and just in case you guys haven't listened to us before, every other podcast we focus on the world of animation. And in those episodes we feature an animated series or film from the past or present, whether it's traditionally in drawing computer generated or some motion. If it's animated, it is up for discussion with us. And then in the other podcasts, like this one that we're doing, uh, every other podcast, like I've said, we'll be doing news episodes covering the latest news in the animation industry. So with that, we'll be back in a few seconds with our new releases for the week. is three this week the first one's not animated uh, but it's got plenty of visual effects in us in it for us to talk about uh probably some of the same work that our, our last guest farhan would be doing on on a film that he, he's done before uh, he didn't work on this one but uh, this is the curry remake that came out recently from mgm and just came out on the 14th on the blu-ray you get an alternate ending to the film uh, there's a deleted alternate scenes. There's a creating like kind of like you know the standard kind of a creating of like the movie thing where you know shows like behind the scenes and that kind of stuff. So it's that kind of pretty standard one. Uh, there's a, a special feature about telekinesis, which is kind of cool, and a commentary by the director Kimberly Pierce, which is always nice to to get those. I like most any of the commentaries for the films. Especially the ones that I enjoyed, so, or like maybe didn't, like maybe I'd want a little bit more clarification with like some scenes, so I, I'm glad that that was on here. And then there's a telekinetic coffee shop surprise. So, oh, fancy! <laughs> yeah, and then it's got a kind of like a cool lenticular cover, so like you can turn it back and forth, and it looks like she has blood on her face or no blood on her face. It's kind of interesting. Uh, what did yeah. What did you think overall of the remake, Mark? I enjoyed it. I mean, it, I had seen the original one. It's not that much different. I had heard that they deleted deleted a lot of the scenes that uh, the director had done to make it closer to the book than the original film. And then, I guess, apparently something with the studio, they made her go back in and edit it. So, And by, and by the time that was re-edited like that, it was almost like a shot-for-shot remake of the original film. Yeah. So, like, with those deleted and alternate scenes that are on there, it kind of shows, like, what they she was originally trying to go for. So, like, I would have kind of liked it maybe if, like, they had been able to do, like, an unrated cut where, or a director's cut where it was the original version of what she wanted to do with this remake instead of what ended up getting released. But I thought all the, the acting in the film was pretty done, well done. So, and what's kind of funny is that when I saw this, I saw this film with Julianne Moore in it, and then the next day I saw uh, Don John, where she's on that with... <laughs> yeah, with... Uh, yeah, with Joseph Gordon-Lovett. So that was kind yeah. of a interesting Julianne Moore double feature. Oh, absolutely. Because yeah, one character would definitely Different... not ex- like what the other character was doing. <laughs> Different sides definitely. of Julianne Moore. 
but yeah, so that that's Carrie that came out on January 14th, and the next one does come out till February 25th, so about a month from when we're recording this right now. But I already have it, so I figured to talk about it. Uh, so this one is Transformers Prime Ultimate Bumblebee on DVD, and then it's got four episodes centering, uh, kind of centering around uh, Bumblebee. They're Masters and Students, Operation Bumblebee, Parts 1 and 2, and then Deadlock. And we haven't got to use this yet, but you had actually interviewed Will Friedle, who does the voice for Bumblebee. Yes. and I he, got to talk with him yeah. a, a bit ago. That was really cool. So we're, we'll put that in right here and so you guys can hear that. But, yeah, that's that's all that's on here is, is those few episodes. So if, if you're a big fan of Bumblebee, this would definitely be worth picking up just to check out these episodes that just center around him it's about 88 minutes so if you you could watch all four of them like kind of as like a little bumblebee movie i guess but yeah so definitely check that out and right here we'll put in the audio with your interview with wilfredo great hi will this is stan how are you hi how are you i'm Good doing thing. great thank you so much for your time it's it's a pleasure to talk with you and meet you over the phone <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. Thanks for taking the time to talk to me. How's your day going? Good. good. It's still very early here, but uh, that's all right. I've been raring to go. Hey, excellent. Well, tell us about this current project that you're working on uh, for this Transformer Prime series. Well, the cur- current project, we've got uh, Transformers Prime Beast Hunters, the Predacons Rising, which is the, yeah. uh, it's a, the, the movie coming out tomorrow night on the Hub Network. Um, it is uh, kind of the wrap-up of uh, Transformers Prime Beast Hunters, and I play Bumblebee. And it is uh, a f- whether you're a Transformers fan, uh, science fiction, fantasy fan, or just an animation fan, uh, this it really does hit it out of the park. Uh, the entire I'm kind of speechless when it comes to the animation because I'm such an animation fan, and it looks absolutely beautiful. So uh, yeah, I can't wait to, to see what people think. Well, I'm excited to check it out. They're going to send me a screener, and then also I, I, I saw the I saw the clip, and it really does look great. And that's so cool that you're Bumblebee. It does, right? Yeah, yeah, Pardon? it really does look great. It's so cool that you're Bumblebee. Oh yeah, you again. I mean, I just every time I get to go record, just living out a childhood fantasy. So yeah, <laughs> so cool. I mean, it really I is. I was eight. I was eight years old when the first series came out. So I mean, I've been watching this my whole life. Uh, so to be able to, to not be a part of it, but, you know, also be Bumblebee is just, yeah, amazingly cool. Oh, absolutely. Now, you've also been the voice of Bumblebee in, in the Transformer Prime series as well, right? Yeah, the la- the last episode is he finally speaks again in the very last episode again. of the series. Because he speaks again, okay. <laughs> <Right>. Exactly. <laughs> and it was one of those things where I get, as I was recording, I said to them, really, he couldn't get his voice back, like, in the third episode of the first <laughs> season. You had to wait. Until the last episode of the series, but uh, yeah, the, that voiceover cast is so amazing that I was just happy to be part of it. Now, what's what's your involvement in the in, in the project too? Will do they uh, bring you in? Uh, did they bring you in early to see some of the some of the work? Or are you just given a script? How how is your collaboration with the with the with the team there? Well, the fir- you know the first thing was I. I didn't you know they they uh, kept everything secret even from the actors, so okay. I didn't know when I was going in and reading I didn't even know that I was reading for Bumblebee. Uh, they had they put out a secret uh, like they put out the script with the Bumblebee lines, but they changed the name, 
So the, I thought I was going in and reading for something called Blue Streak. Uh, a different character. Yeah, because they didn't want anybody to know. They wanted to keep it very private. So then, you know, when I got the call from the producer saying, okay, we really want you to do this. Oh, and by the way, it's for Bumblebee. I mean, I was floored. <laughs> so, yeah, even I didn't know what, what what was happening. And then they just they sent me the script and uh, got to go in and record. And, and, yeah, the rest is history. So just be involved in any way. Again, I know I keep saying that, but I was such a Transformers fan growing up that I, I still can't believe that I get to be the voice of Bumblebee. <laughs> oh, that's really cool. And we're all excited to check it out, definitely. Oh, I can't wait uh, for you to see it. It's really, really pretty. Well, I'm a, I'm a big fan of your work. You uh, always seem to be doing something cool and interesting, and you're really involved in animation, it looks like, too. Just tons of projects that you're always working on. Uh, anything else that you... Uh, recently, I, I know you've been doing some stuff for Mad, the Mad TV series. In fact, I've been trying to find that Harry Potter, one of those Harry Potter clips. The <laughs> <Wizard>. <laughs> yes, I've been uh, I've been working at you know doing a bunch of episodes of Mad, and then there's a, a, a number of cool little projects coming up that I'm actually not allowed to talk about yet, but uh, I think fans are really going to like. And uh, you know, just you know, we finished up Thundercats and rolled right into Mad and some other stuff, and. Uh, just, you know, re, I, I am a huge animation fan, so, uh, you know, every project to me is better than the next. And with the leaps and bounds that they're making in, in animation itself, um, this, this movie, this uh, uh, Predacons Rising, is, again, you just sit there. My, my jaw was dropped, uh, you know, for a good portion of the film because I'm sitting there going, how are they doing this? I mean, it is so pretty. The animation is so amazing that you just want to take capture shots of every single scene and hang them on your wall. I mean, it, it is a giant work of art. So I think animation fans are going to love it. Transformer fans are going to just go crazy because it answers a lot of questions. Um, and science fiction and fantasy fans are going to love it just because it's a great story. So this is really one of those films that uh, anybody who loves any of those genres is really going to dig. Oh, that's It just sounds excellent, Will. So th there are some projects you say you can't talk about. Anything that you can talk about that's um, coming for you. Predacons Rising. <laughs> That's the one I could talk about right now. It's Predacons Rising, uh, which is, uh, thank, thank God, very easy to talk about because uh, talk about an easy thing to promote when it's this, this great. So, uh, yeah, but there's, uh, you know, a couple, couple more months, and I'll be able to talk about a, a number of, of different projects coming up. Excellent, Will. Now, with your recording for, for uh, Predacons Rising, did you – were you alone in the sound booth, or were you, were you talking with, with with the other voice actors too? How, how did how did the process work for this project? For this project, unfortunately, I was alone um, okay. because they had already recorded the other actors since it was the last episode, and they said it took a while to cast Bumblebee. Um, so I had to record this one alone. I've since, you know, I I, I know most of the actors already. Uh, it's a very small world out here. So I, I you know, Kevin Michael Richardson and uh, and Peter Cullen and, and Steve Bloom, you know, I, I, I knew these guys before. Um, so, but to be able to to then put myself into their world, be allowed, I should say, to even enter their world with this with this cartoon, uh, was pretty amazing. And we've since met at at different press events and things like that. So, uh, yeah, I, I couldn't record the last episode with them. Uh, but, uh, yeah, just admired their work for so long. I think they're one of the best ensemble casts in animation in, in a long time. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I just didn't want to be the guy to go in and then screw it up. 
<laughs> so was uh, was was hoping that that the fans uh, liked my take on Bumblebee, and so far so good. So uh, that's that's a good thing because yeah, man, I wouldn't be able to live that down if one of my childhood fantasies was to be on Transformers and then I messed it up. That wouldn't have been good. <laughs> right. Well, I was I was sure it's I was sure it's fantastic. Now, tell us about your favorite animation. You know, anything that you particularly loved as a child, or what do you love now? Anything that you're watching now that you're really into? Well, as a child, I mean, I grew up, like, again, this seems like it's self-serving, but it's true. I mean, I was eight years old when the original Transformers came out. So, that, you know, this show was, was really made for me. And I, you know, I, I've said this before when I talk to other people that every generation, I think, feels like they had the best animation. Yeah. Um, I think mine, though, really did. I mean, I grew up with G.I. Joe and Transformers and Thundercats and Mask and all these kind of shows, you know, then the, the original Batman, the animated series, which came out in 89, mm-hmm. 90. Um, uh, you know, those are kind of the shows that I grew up with, and those are the shows that, to me, are still f- phenomenal. Um, I watch those all the time. Uh, and then, you know, I, I watch the, the typical stuff nowadays, you know, Love Family Guy and, uh, you know, when you talk about the primetime animation, things like that. And then I'm a big fan of all the, 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 the movies uh, that come out, obviously, Pixar and things like that. Um, I wish they used more voiceover actors, but uh, either way, they're they're fun to watch. And uh, yeah, so I mean, there's there's animation today. It, you know, it grows by leaps and bounds, and then there are certain times where it cuts back. You know, it'll go from uh, something like again Thundercats, which was a beautiful painted kind of anime picture, to something now like Teen Titans Go, where it's still great, but it's much more of the choppy kind of 2D animation, which yes. works perfectly for the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so they do. They jump around now, and it's, it seems to be getting back towards the more simple animation um, and the 11-minute show as opposed to the 22-minute epic kind of show, like a, like a Transformers, like uh, like a Thundercats, that mm-hmm. type of thing. Um, but the, and that's why I think when when you're watching Adventure Time and and uh, uh, you know Teen Titans Go and Mad these kind of 11-minute shows with more basic animation, when you then pop in something like Predacons Rising, you just sit there and you realize what can be done with animation nowadays. And to take this franchise, which has been 30 years in the making, and take the original characters, which were so incredible, the stories, which were so incredible, a lot of the actors from the original, Peter Cullen and Frank Welker, which were so amazing, and then add this just state-of-the-art animation to it. it. It's a perfect marriage. Um, so yeah, you're gonna you're gonna be floored when you see this movie. Well, so we're we're really excited. Now, last question for you, Will. What do you have a favorite character that you've voiced? And that's probably like picking a favorite child. <laughs> it <laughs> is. It is. It's like which which kid do you love the best? <laughs> right. Um, or top three. <laughs> yeah, you know, well, the top three is easy. I could do top three easy, which is and in no particular order would would be Bumblebee. Batman and Lionel. Um, those, those would be the top three. Picking between those three would be difficult because I have, for different reasons, love, uh, you know, I love them all for different reasons. Batman Beyond I love because it was my first foray into the animation world yes. um, and into, into voiceover acting. So that will always be near and dear to my heart, not to mention the fact that you're Batman, which is pretty darn cool. Which is so cool. Um, tra- uh, Thundercats, 
it has a special place in my heart, not only, again, because I'm playing Lionel, a character I grew up with, but I was writing a number of the episodes as well. So I was more involved with the creation, not the creation, but the, the, the storyline of that the show story, than I was in yeah. another show. So that, you know, that is very special to me in that reason. And then Bumblebee is special to me because, I, you know, the, the voiceover cast is phenomenal. I've been watching Transformers since I was a little kid, and I think it's the best animation on television. So those three characters for those three different reasons, but picking between them is tough. And then, you know, and then you throw in Ron Stoppable, which was just a ton yes. of fun. And uh, I was and just having a blast doing Yeah, it's too hard. It you is. It's, so you're right. Great. It's picking your kids. Well, thank you. But it is. It's picking which is your favorite child, and you can't do that. That's the joy of the voiceover world is that every project you do, you're just having an incredible time. So, yeah, it's tough. Well, thank you for your great work. Thank you for sharing your enthusiasm for this project. And we'll be excited to to publish more about it on our website. And, and we're, you know, we're all excited to watch it, too. So, well, I can't wait. You. you guys are absolutely going to love it. Tomorrow, tomorrow night, uh, October 4th at 8 p.m. Eastern, and then the Blu-ray comes out October 8th. And it's, uh, it's definitely one, one to watch. Awesome. Thank you, Will. Thank you. Best wishes to you. You, too. Have a great day. Okay, bye-bye. All right, uh, so I hope you guys enjoyed Stanford's interview with Will Friedle. And then the next bit of news uh, we're going to be talking about with our new releases uh, for this week is Cloud with Chance of Meatballs 2 is going to be coming out on January 28th. Uh, so by the time this podcast comes out, it came out yesterday. But our, our writer, Jessica Wersky, was lucky enough to go to Sony Pictures Animation and go to this really cool Blu-ray press event for it. So I'm going to let her share her story about her experience there. So Jessica, take it away. Yay. Um, okay. Well, I'm a new writer, and I'm also new to the adventure of touring an animation studio. So it was really exciting for me on a number of levels. And um, the day began exciting. Actually, the day began in traffic. But the... Um, Adventure in the studio was really cool. Um, right from the beginning, it was neat. They had a, a van out front with the that they were putting two stuff on. I'm like, ooh, and it was really cool. And then um, we started out with because there's so much traffic that day, they just kind of let us wander a little bit. So um, I got to just do what I wished I could always do around a animation studio. And they had just a couple of areas where we, we were. Hello. allowed to go and uh but they were really cool it was the screening building so there was some um, a lot of stuff you'll be able to see on the site that i took photos of um character models and stuff a couple of images i don't i think i'm pretty sure i sent them i'm not sure if they're up but just uh posters from popeye and oh what's it? the unicorn movie I can't remember now the name Bell the Zorn the Unicorn. Anyways, they have a unicorn. The only thing we were allowed to photograph were these two um, posters that they had out in that area. There, there was some other stuff we saw along the way that we couldn't photograph, right. but then the Popeye stuff looks really good. Nice. But um, so then uh, after finally everyone was gathered. They led us into the auditorium theater part of the screening room, and um, that was really cool. We got uh, 
questions from director Cody Cameron, director of the shorts made for the Blu-ray, uh, David Feiss, and the two gentlemen responsible for the really cool, or as they refer to it, awesome end credits, um, Kevin and Seamus. And all three of those guys gave little different introductions to segments that are features on the Blu-ray Uh they were actually all really good. Uh, I yeah, I wasn't like a total fan of the shorts, but I don't know. But uh, it was still really cool. You and said those were, um, were 2D animated, right? The, the shorts. Yeah, they were flash. I oh, mean, okay. they weren't like my kind of 2D. I like oh, traditional yeah. animation. But they were. They were. It was more of. I don't mind flash. It was more of like the stories were. But there's two other ones that she sounded better. We didn't see. We saw. Um, Attack of the 50-Foot Gummy and Steve's First first Bath, and there's two more, Super Manny and Earl Scouts. And I guess the cool thing about it, which we learned later in the roundtable, which I think you'll get to hear on this podcast, the audio from that, was him, um, David, explaining to us how cool it was. First of all, how little time they really have for these kind of things. It was basically three months from beginning to end. And then also have the original voice cast be able to come and do that. So that's something cool to look for. I mean, in and of itself, that's kind of a cool thing. And it wasn't bad, and I'm pretty sure kids will love them. I mean, they were really fun, and they're, you know how Cloudy is, very kind of like yeah. ADD, yeah. like bouncing around and bright. And <laughs> it was, it was in that way, it was cool. Um, I loved the making of end credits that... Evan and Seamus introed, and then that is on the ray. It was really good, really interesting uh, hybrid they did of um, 2D animation with um, stop motion animation. So we got to see these puppets that um, Sony hired out to another company, which is who Seamus works for. And they work together in these puppets, which we got to see in the round table. They're really cool. Like, they're not as fancy, actually, as you'd think. They're made out of, like, really normal material, but they still just looked really amazing. And um, so that little part in the theater was really cool. And I didn't really know exactly what was going on, so I'm just kind of, like, following what everybody else is doing. <laughs> and after the, the theater part, we immediately, like, ushered out into the... Like, they have this foyer, like, quad area with picnic tables. And I thought we were all going to be hanging out there, but I guess it was just for the kids. So I was only there for a minute. But it was really cool what they did. They had that, oh, his name, last name, Efforts, and the head of story. And um, Cody did a little intro with fruit and vegetables and a bunch of kids and they're kind of going through their process of coming up with the foodimals for the film which was also really cool like cody i guess did come up with a lot of the initial concept art via real pickles for the pickles in the movie which is kind of really interesting i i and he did it he made one right there he sliced oh. the little head and put a little little uh i don't know what he was using for that these little black, I think, just like pins, like pushpin kind of thing. For the eyes, and he used like a pushpin. Yeah, yeah, he made and he so he made one right there, and it was really cool. I couldn't film it because there's just people like in front of me and around me, but 
it was it was really cool. And then he stayed, not Cody, but um, the head of story, Jeffords. I'm not sure his first name, but he stayed with the kids for a while. And I thought we were staying, but then I noticed everybody was leaving. Other people, like adults, were leaving. And I'm like, shoot, I'm an adult. I got to go. <laughs> so I like with we were going off to another building which i'm glad i went to that building because that was a really cool place that was a place where we got to see a lot of storyboard work that i took photos of and um that's where i saw like stuff i couldn't photograph of popeye and stuff and that's where we did our individual round tables and uh individual i mean like one of something to three groups so you'd be in a room with cody cameron then you were in a room with dan feist and then you were another room with um, Kevin and Seamus for like, I think it was probably like 10 minute round tables and it was fun. Uh, Uh, Hard to say, you know, um, there's, uh, you know, talk about the possibility of a third one, but uh, it's too early to, uh, about, so. Is it too early to talk about what you're working on now? Do you have a story? I'm actually uh, taking six months off right now. Okay. I finished the film uh, September 27th, and uh, after three years of working nonstop on Cloudy, where we were doing nights and weekends, uh, and then before that, it was seven years on the other projects. This was the first chance I got to really kind of, you know, take a take a break. You know, just, you spend a lot of time making the food and well, we talk, we've talked about that. Yeah. You wanting in and out or having fun with in and out. Yeah. After the movie's been made, after that, have you just all of a sudden been thinking about other, like, you've been going to a restaurant or something, you're like, hey, I should have made this, or, I should have made that. Has that popped <laughs> into your head? Uh, no, actually, uh, you know, after doing, you know, uh, spending so much time with food and moles, uh, yeah, I'm trying to lose weight. So uh, <laughs> trying to think about, uh, you know, vegetables that aren't talking and eating more of those. So. <laughs> Well, you've got the new vegetable machine he just built, so you could you could yes. use it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you have a favorite? Um, you had said the Brent one was your favorite cut one. Do you have a yeah. favorite scene in the film as is? Yeah, I mean, uh, this might I might be you know uh, biased, but uh, mm-hmm. I uh, boarded the rally speech with Flint and Barry. Oh yeah. And also did uh, the voice work of Barry in that scene. So it's really fun for me to see people react to that. And so personally, it's a, a favorite of mine just because of the way that audiences react to that, you know. And that's the guy who voiced Barry. And yeah. Given mm-hmm. it kind of really taken off. Uh, kids are loving the little stuffed animals. Yeah. I mean, kind of what does that mean to you? To... Well, uh, you know, I've been doing voice work since the first Shrek movie, and it just kind of, you know, fell into my lap because of pitching storyboards. You'd get brought into a scratch room, and then to be lucky enough to actually land the character is always fun. But, uh, you know, I love entertaining, and that's, you know, why I work in animation is to entertain kids, entertain families, parents. And it's always great to have people uh, react positively to a performance you've done. Uh, Cody, um, Henry Selleck, an Academy Award-nominated uh, animation director, he said something about the state of food for animation today. I was wondering if I could get your opinion on it. He said, uh, it's too homogenous, it's way too much the same, the films aren't, aren't really that different from one another. Despicable Me could have been made by Pixar by DreamWorks. It's not a great time for feature animation if you want to do something even moderately outside the formula. Is it is it really that bad right now? Is it really? That I don't difficult? think so. I mean, uh, you know, it seems like in uh, the later '80s, uh, you know, Disney was making a certain type of movie, and if anything, I, I felt like maybe you know, in that era, everything kind of felt the same. And I think, you know, with films like Cloudy being as cartoony as it is, 
but then also, you know, getting beautiful stop motion films like Paranorman. I think there actually is a variety of different types of animation being done, and so maybe, uh, you know, the Selleck, you know, quote might be from a while ago, but he did bring up Despicable Me too, so it sounds like it might be a, a recent one, but uh, I actually think there's a lot of different types of films being made, and I'm pretty excited about the direction that things are going. You've got the, the solid script, but at the same time, you have a cast well-versed in improv. Mm-hmm. Um, was there much room for that? On Definitely. This? Yeah, in fact, uh, you know, throughout uh, making an animated film, things are in storyboard form for a very long time. You know, when we uh, go with a script to our actors, we definitely want to get what's on the page, but we also want to explore joke possibilities. And as long as they fit into, uh, you know, the way that the scene that needs to unfold, uh, we're all for improvisation. And the way that uh, Chris and I would work in the room with the actor is we're actually in the recording booth with them. And, you know, Chris would start out by, you know, describing the scene to them, and then I would read the other characters opposite the actor, because usually you're recording one-on-one. -on -one. And so, try to give the actors something to play off of. And so, you know, definitely open for improvisation. If, you know, Bill or Will would come up with an idea, we could run with it in the room. And then, as long as we had what was on the script as our backup, then we were free to explore and then always bring it back into the cutting room and see how things piece together. And some of those jokes, you know, maybe we'd find a string that would lead us on a path of adding more jokes that are in that nature. Don't ask me off the top of my head right now which ones those are, but uh, definitely uh, it helps inform the story. And, you know, it's great because uh, you also get to collaborate with your actors. It makes them feel like they're a part of what's going on. You know, it makes it uh, good on the whole, I think. Probably the most puns I've ever seen in a movie, too. Absolutely loved it. Oh, great. Oh, uh, people either love the puns or hate the puns. No. And, uh, they grow on you. <laughs> <laughs> They're very good. Yeah, uh, it was really interesting to see uh, the film this weekend in France with the French dubbing. And uh, a lot of those puns, uh, some of them work and some of them don't. So obviously someone very smart was able to figure out what the, the French version of the pun would be. But, uh, you know, it was interesting. Uh, it seemed like people were still entertained, even though maybe the puns weren't landing. That's funny. <laughs> In today's world, with everything becoming easier and faster, it was nice to see you guys going back to, you know, have so much patience with each different, you know, with the stop motion, mm -hmm. how you had to make each face and the mouth, and that must have been... A lesson in, in patience for mm -hmm. all of you guys. Oh, are you uh, talking about the end coda? Yes. Credits? Yeah, I actually didn't work on that part. Uh, uh, Seamus, uh, who's I think in one of the other rooms, worked on the stop motion. Um, but uh, I love that technique. Uh, we weren't lucky enough to go over and see the models until just now. Like, uh, mm. but uh, it's it's really awesome. I, you know, uh, stop motion I think takes as long as CG animation. It's just a different art form. Mm -hmm. You know, like. You know, people are using a computer to move characters around or they're moving models in front of, you know, lights and camera. Do you think that there's any chance Sony would ever do a traditional or a hand-drawn film? Uh, or I don't know. I mean, with the little mini-movies that are going on, the mm -hmm. DVD, they have that traditional look to them. Uh, and I think with uh, one of the Smurfs shorts, or maybe both that they did, those were hand-drawn. Uh, I don't know about features because uh, it seems like... Uh, the business and audiences aren't really wanting to go and see a feature hand-drawn 
uh, animation so much anymore. Uh, I know Miyazaki, you know, and like the Japanese animation, mm -hmm. it's still really popular over there. And uh, I think it's hard to find investors who want to invest in, you know, hand-drawn. I mean, I definitely love hand-drawn. My grandfather was an animator. Mm. Uh, he had worked at Disney from 1935 to 1970, so I have an appreciation for it. But even I'm a little more dazzled by the, the look of CG these days. You know, there's a, just something to it. You, know? mm. uh, you started off as, uh, as an animator and, st and storyboard. A uh, story artist, right. yeah. And then, uh, so what's it like going from that area and now you're, now you're a director? And what type of physical toll does it take on you? Well, uh, definitely spend a lot, uh, yeah, a lot more hours directing than I would storyboarding. But uh, what's great about storyboarding is that you get to help uh, contribute ideas and also, you know, draw the characters and come up with camera angles. But then you are definitely handing that off to your directors, and they're taking it further. And also, you know, as a story artist, you usually leave a production about a year before it's finished. And what's great as a director is you get to follow it all the way through. I get to work with uh, actors, with the animators, with the visual development. I get to kind of, you know, work with all the different departments. And uh, I find it really rewarding. Last question. Sorry. What would be your first memory of animation? My first memory of animation uh, was actually... Uh, Let's see, I think uh, Sesame Street on TV when I was a really, really small child. Uh, I remember, uh, and also the fact that it was English and Spanish was the scene water, where the guy said water, and, glug, 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 glug. and then later on in the episode he goes, agua, glug, 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 glug. so I was learning Spanish and also, you know, discovering animation for the first time, so. Obviously made a mark on you. It did. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> Cool. Thank, you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. And I had a good time. You'll hear if you hear the round table. I one bummer part for me was I asked Cody Cameron his opinion of the state of traditional animation. I love hand-drawn animation and he basically said he thought it was pretty much dead and pretty much nobody would ever pay to see it in a feature film again. Sorry, Miyazaki, but like that's the end. And I was sad, but he, he told me something interesting. He said his um, grandpa, yeah, his was a animator for Disney from 1935 to 1970. So he was trying to basically prove he was not biased, like he likes traditional animation, but he just doesn't think it's like a viable type of animation anymore. So that made me sad. But other than that, he's very nice and very kind and very genuine and sincere. And like, I don't know, I've never been like press at an event like this, so I'm not sure like this is just like the normal way to treat everyone. But because come to find out later, a lot of those people had really hadn't seen the movies. I mean, I found this out later during lunch. Like, a lot of them are just from newspapers and, you know, they hadn't even seen the first one. But um, there are some. There are some other animation blogs I, there. But that, that one video you sent me of uh, Brandon Jeffords, when he was asking the kids if, if they had seen the movie, and, like, none of them had said they saw it. And then, like, one kid's like... I saw the first one. I thought that That's was... so sad. I mean, yeah, it's just, it is sad. It's like, come on, like, parents. Like, I don't know. I guess I just made my naivete, but it's like really nice gesture. And even if you whatever, like, they're inviting you to your, their place. Like, 
take an hour and a half to watch this movie. Like, right. do your homework. Know what's going on. Like, you wouldn't go to another, you know, you wouldn't go to a political event, not know what the candidates positions were or else you'd be laughed out of the place but why in animation is it okay to just show up and have no idea what's going on i don't know but oh well and but he was nice he was really nice to all of us cody and then our next room was david and he's really a cool guy do you get to design any of the character designs for the shorts or do you have to refine any of the designs at all as the director it was kind of both i i, I did um I did design characters of my style, except for like like Manny. Like, like Manny was that that style from the the first Coda, from the first movie, and Sam too. Sam, that's what she looked. And I didn't really affect that too awful much, but like you know the Earl Scout one here with with uh, Earl and the pickle and the berry. The pickle and berry don't look like that in the movie, and it, that's my style. That's what I draw. Now I noticed that um, Gummy Bear kind of he his design kind of reminds me of Red Guy from Cow and Chicken. Is that a coincidence? That's just what I draw exactly. And I actually because he's red, I would think that oh yeah, kind of Red Guy, <laughs> big mouth, big teeth. You know. So so you 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 drew uh, Gummy Bear this version of Gummy Bear? Oh yeah, okay. yeah yeah yeah. Actually, I I boarded. I mean, this one the Steve was uh, first bath was written by Craig Kelman, their character designer. When I, when I got here, it was already finished as a, as a, as a storyboard, but the, I embellished it and, and boarded, reboarded sequences of it. In fact, I probably reboarded the whole thing, but it was already, you know, it was his, his uh, story, my boarding. Yeah, I, I, the, design, the designs were taken from the board, and the studio that the, did the, the flash animation pulled drawings and used them as extremes. They used those for the, the flash animation. When you create a character, how many times do you go back and forth with getting feedback and making changes? You know, generally, like feature, there's a lot of that. In this, there wasn't a whole lot. I have a meeting. They say, you know what, this, that gummy bear's butt looks too much like a butt. <laughs> so I'd have to change that. You know, things like that. But other than that, it was it was pretty hands off. Uh, what media do you like to sketch in or design in? You know, I, I work on a Cintiq now. I work in Photoshop. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm old school, I'm an old animator, and I love paper, and I always doing paper, but about four years ago I started drawing in Photoshop, and I love it. Mm. And I board now, and, I, and I, the way I board, it's like I'm animating. You know, I can go really quickly. You board in Photoshop, too? I do. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. It's an awesome program that you can just, you know, you have hotkeys, and you can flip through and make it, flip it like animation. What's the program? Photoshop. Oh, oh, Photoshop, oh, you mean just... And then in Photoshop, there's something called animation, and it comes up with a timeline. Yeah. It's like, uh, perfect for me. All my thousands of hours of animating are, are coming through for my morning. Yeah. What's your DPI when you work on storyboards? Oh, that's a good question. I know it was set at one point. Okay. It's maybe 300. Is that something okay, yeah, right? Okay, that's about standard. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, do you have a nickname, perhaps, for Essen Demischer Robot from that short? Well, they, you know, he said Schmischmiffer. <laughs> like, that was, <laughs> that was... Is that his nickname? Or do you, do you have another nickname for the character? That's what we call okay. him. Okay. Yeah, Schmischmiffer. <laughs> Which was a joke from the first and the second. And not really abbreviations at all. <laughs> <laughs> Start to finish, about how long does it take for one of these... Shorts to do. We know, like one of these features is about three years, but about how long for one year short? Three months. A lot quicker. 
clear overlap to, you know, like I was working on, on all four actually at the same time at different capacities. Are you working on anything now? Right now I'm, I'm working, um, helping out on, on Hotel Transylvania 2. Mm. Yeah. You mentioned you came over from TV. Yeah. Was there much of an adjustment for you uh, going to making a shorts for uh, kind of hooked in with a film or was it kind of still kind of the same animal? Kind of the same and I worked in feature too. I was actually here in Sony 10 years ago. Mm. I, I was a head of story on Open Season. Mm. And I was here for a while and then went back to television. But uh, yeah, so it's like it, for film or for movies, you know, or for TV or for the movies, it's pretty much the same. It's not an easy transition because usually people say TV and movies are such different animals. Yeah. You yeah. Know, like in in our heads, a lot of times we think that they're so connected, but out here they're they're almost two different worlds. So to make that jump. Yeah, yeah. I think all my training from working in television uh, helped me to work fast too. Like in television, you have really tight deadlines. You know, you can't rethink things or overwork things too awful much. So I used that same mentality when I came here. And for the shorts, it worked out fine because there wasn't a whole lot of time to like really mess around with the various, you know, a thousand ways to do something. It's like, well, your instincts are to do it this way. You just go ahead and do it. When you're, oh, sorry. sorry. When you're boarding or riding, do you, I mean, I know they say, you know, cartoons are aimed at children or whatever, but do you try and think of, you know, the whole audience? Because, yeah, they really play well to... Well, thanks. I think the whole yeah, yeah. Well, I definitely was thinking of kids, you know. Yeah. For sure. But I, I want the parents to be entertained, mm -hmm. too. David, uh, having done TV and feature animation, is outsourcing, you think, a big issue for, uh, I guess, you know, I guess in terms of quality for TV and feature animation? Is it better to keep things in-house and doing things in-house, you think? Always. Uh, these are actually done in Hollywood, though. There's a little studio that I was there a lot. Other guys with a small little core studio, Six Point Artist. Hollywood did a great job, I thought, on the Flash. It looks pretty much like two D animation. Mm -hmm. But we're seeing we're seeing some modest, you know, some pretty modestly budgeted features coming out now that are that I think are you know doing the outsourcing thing too. Do you? Yes. Think, I mean, do you, do you think it's good that we can get some you know different product out there like that uh, on on maybe you know less than a hundred million dollar budget? Do you think that helps getting different? You know, artistic viewpoints like I don't know the Nut Job or things like that. Yeah, I get, who did that? What studio? Uh, Blue Sky. Outdoors. Wait, hold Blue on. Sky? I think. Or Open Road. We should know. I'm disappointed <laughs> in myself right now. <laughs> but that, I think that one was one that was like not attached to like a major studio like okay. Disney or, or Blue Sky. Or, right, right. Or even Illumination. Right, right. Yeah, I. I, I wasn't even unaware that it was in production at all until I saw the billboards. And it did real good this weekend. Did it really? Yeah, I think it did $25 million. Oh, That's amazing. That's great. Yeah. Was it like animated in India or something? Uh, I think it was Korea. Right? Korea, yeah. Awesome. Uh, yeah, South Korea. Oh, it, yeah, it made $20 million. <laughs> it, was, it was directed by Peter uh, Lepiniotis. Maybe it's not connected to a big studio. That's why I can't find it. It's released by Open Road. Oh, okay. The studio was uh, Toonbox Entertainment and, and uh, yep. Coldstream Pictures, Red River International. Hmm? Is that American? I, I, I think they're. I think they might be Korean. I'm not sure. Hmm. 
I asked him, uh, Cody also, but I was just, what is your opinion of uh, hand-drawn animation, like the future of it, or well, I mean, other than Flash, you I know? I love animation. I love the look of it. I, I really like CG animation. I think the yeah. translation works great. And the characters seem like they're more alive, but I like drawing, and I like seeing 2D drawings. Yeah. I don't know what the future is. I think there's probably room for everything. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you know, everybody saw, thought TV would... Or movies would die when TV came out, and they didn't. Mm-hmm. There's still both. Probably a place in the world for 2D animation. Yeah. Do you think the digital age is, you know, creating more opportunities for people like you, so we can see more things like, you know, these animated shorts? It seems we're seeing a greater comeback for shorts again. Definitely. I mean, Disney's doing more Mickey Mouse shorts again and things right, like that. Right, right. I think so. Yeah, because in the past they were too expensive. I think because you can do a flash a lot less money. Do something that you know can advertise itself, and pay for itself, mm-hmm. it promotes the movie. And if it's an added you know bonus to the DVD, people will. Hey, I'll, I've seen the movie, but I haven't seen the shorts. You know, mm-hmm. That's the whole point. Do what's your favorite animated movie of all time? Animated movie? Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> Put me on the spot. I don't really have one. Like, what's your favorite song? I don't have one. <laughs> I like music, but um, or a couple. Do you have a couple? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I like The Incredibles. I thought it was excellent. Yeah, Brad Bird generally is pretty solid. So you're working on Hotel Transylvania too. Can you give us a hint in any new characters, any new monsters we might see? Maybe a kaiju monster mm-hmm. or something something that's like Godzilla or something? Oh, uh, I don't know. I'm not sure what we could be. I think pretty much like the whole... Our gang's returning, you know. Yeah, the gang is returning. Yeah, and I think that those new ones are being fleshed out a little is bit. A, is Gendy directing it? Uh, I believe he is, yes. <laughs> yes, yes. Because, I mean, I love his his animation style, and I love oh, that yeah. he got to do a little sort of uh, <coughs> version of his animation. He did, didn't he? And, and, and he actually one. animated it himself. Which is rare to be able to animate it. Like you're trying to do an animated version of Samurai Jack. That would be the best. I would love I I know. (laughs) I'd dream of it. (laughs) How about you? What were some of your influences getting into animation? Mad Magazine, Monty Python, Hanna Barbera. I grew up watching Hanna Barbera and Looney Tunes. But mostly Mad Magazine. That was like, that was it for me. How about now, current shows you like to watch, animated or so? Animated shows? Yeah. Okay. Not a lot of time, right? <laughs> what is a typical work day like? It's normal. I got 10 hour days, but then I, I, got, I have a new baby at home. I got a lot of kids, but my young one is only 15 months old, so he takes up my time at home. It's a lot of time. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Or do you, uh, and you said you have other kids as well? I do, yeah. And they see your, your films? That yeah. must be fun. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. can see what you do every day. Mm-hmm. Get their input a little bit. Probably. Do you think this is funny? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How closely did you get to work with the actors when you were putting together these? Um, Bill Hader was in New York, so that was remote. Mm. But Anna Ferris and Benjamin Bratt, um, Terry Crews, and uh, you know, Patrick Harris was here at the Sony lot. Mm. And they're they're wonderful. They're really professional and great. And I was really impressed with Terry did take note of Mr. T. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of one of his first voiceover mm-hmm. works. What did you kind of take away from him? 
Oh, he's like was totally appreciative of what came before, and he and he wanted to respect what Mr. T had done. He's great. He's a really good actor. He's a really nice fellow. He brings so much to it. You think, well, he's going to do it this way, and he does something entirely unexpected. This is always a, what you want from an actor. Very excitable. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of energy. Oh, yeah. Now, I noticed in Steve's first bat, there was sort of like a, a CG coda, like kind of an intro there. Yeah. Like, did you get to handle that part as well, or was oh, yeah. that... Okay. No, I did, and that was done here at Imageworks. Mm. You know, so that was handled as, as if it was part of the feature. And it was, at the same time, they were doing the feature, so it was like the same animators, same guys. And, oh, it was cool. Yeah. yeah, it looked really good. It looked good. It really great. good. Now, uh, I think that this, this cat here... Um, uh, from Supermanny and uh, Gummy Bear are very cute. Could we get maybe some toys or some plushy versions of them? <laughs> I don't know if we've ever talked about that because he was just, you know, just in the shorts. Yeah. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you like that, though? That would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I think it's time to switch. Okay. So David Feist, uh, yeah, he was nice but he was a little bit more closed mouthed than Cody he didn't like initially have a lot to say to us and um, we asked him I had to let we all had to kind of pry stuff out of him uh asked him uh he doesn't watch apparently cartoons or animated films which I thought was weird like too much eventually did say film was Incredibles so that was cool but um, one other thing about him, uh, that a 50-foot gummy bear looked like one of the characters from Cow and Chicken. I wasn't a big person, so I don't exactly know which characters they're talking about, but I did, it did, he did, uh, and he's like, oh, yeah, of course, that's my, that's my style of drawing. So he was nonplussed, no big deal. Um, he was nice, but he. I did end up asking him a question too about 2D animation, and he he agreed it was probably dead. <laughs> mm. I mean, a, a, a Sony thing, but I think maybe cool, like he... traditional, traditional might be possibly, yeah. but like maybe like like re like inventing it, kind of like the way that John Carr said, like with Paperman doing stuff like that, might be a way to still I kind of know. keep it. I... I don't know, because I mean that was close enough to being hand drawn. Well, I like Paperman. I just, that's more of like overlaying yeah. hand drawn onto a rig. I just think that, like, it's kind of crazy to say that it's like not financially possible when like people did it when like literally they didn't have any money. Right. <laughs> I, I think, think one day it will yeah. come back when it's like out of style, then it'll be in style because it's like, oh, retro, whatever. <laughs> so I'm sure it'll come back one day, but because yeah, like, it's just like a, just a different, it's like saying like, oh, watercolors. There's, in fact, when oil paint came out, people were like, people will never use acrylic again. Well, of course they will, you know. It's just today everybody's doing oil. But to hear what these, it was quiet in there, and I wanted to ask a question, and plus these are artists, you know. Yeah. And he is a hand-drawn for most of his life, and it was really cool to get hit to hear him, for me to get to hear him talk about, you know, art in general. It was cool for me as an art student. So, and then from the two, Kevin and Seamus, about their puppets, and pretty much what I've said already, they didn't really say a whole lot more. And from the round tables, we went to lunch, which was delicious. And amazing. And I did not get enough pictures of lunch. It was really cool. The spread that they did was fan. It was really funny. 
later on, I was talking to some people who work for Sony, um, uh, were like, yeah, for the wrap of this movie, we got like ham sandwich, a shirt, <laughs> and you guys got these great swag bags and like an entire buffet. Like, it, and it really was like nice, nice food. A really delicious uh, spaghetti and meatball pizza, and some really nice Angus sliders, and this thick grilled cheese, and um, a dessert uh, like bar area where he made s'mores for us. And they had a milkshake station with uh, sponsored by I think it was not Caradelli, but I think Dryer sponsored the milkshake milkshake station. And then at lunch, also had a a green screen. And- and where you could go and have your photo taken, which you could see on the site, I think, yeah. of me doing that, running from the Taco Dial Supreme. Uh, it was really cool. It was just overall really a uh, fun time, like getting to see like kind of what an you know what these studios will do. Also for the press was really cool, you know, trying to get themselves out there, obviously, and and um, their bag of merchandise that they offer to journalists is really generous and really cool. And, like, I am so grateful to have the art of book. Like, I'll take an art of book for any animated film because they're just so full of great information and great images. And and I got a cloudy lunchbox. That was great. (laughs) It's, like, one of those, like, it's kind of styled like the older ones where, like, the front of it is embossed. Yeah, 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 and it's like 3D, like graphic almost when you, because of the because of the embossment. So it's it's just it's really nice, like everything that they did for for us. And I hope that people that want to appreciate it. And it was really cool of Sony to uh, um, they opened this up to children too, you know, journalists and yeah. their children or whatever. And I thought that was see quite a few little kids there, and I'm sure they had a great time walking around at lunch was. Uh, costumed um, Barry and I don't I didn't see the character so I don't remember who the other one was. I think it was it like a sour pickle guy. Yeah, it wasn't a, a face character. It wasn't like um, yeah, I think it was a pickle actually. Yep. So it was really cool for kids. And then Tony's really cool. Every you know you walk around, they just have these really nice life size um, wooden cutouts of their different characters. I took photos of my. Some of the cloudy ones, and then they also had some Hotel Transylvania pool, and um, overall, it was just like a nice, like quaint studio. It wasn't like huge or like daunting in any way. It was like really comfortable, but you know, they do this really like warmed up to them. Like their style is very, like very stylized and very like unique in their own, and I like that. I'm very happy and and. Uh, a good now, day, for sure. <laughs> Jessica, do they talk about uh, if if all of the animation is done there uh, on on the on their studio campus? There are they in, and they're in Culver City, aren't they? Isn't that the? Yeah. Okay, so their work mostly gets done there, but also some in Hollywood. They said, and oh, okay. I don't I don't know if that was just for the. In fact, that might have just been for the flash work, for the 2D work, for the shorts. But, mm-hmm. you know, David Feist made a huge deal of saying, like, that Sony's big into um, not uh, exporting the work and keeping things in-house. 
So I I didn't hear anything else about it going overseas. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure it all got done there because they really did kind of hammer that home, except for some work got done in Hollywood, but still, I mean, in town, yeah. in the area. So, so like, Sony Animation and Sony Imageworks are kind of together, but Sony Pictures is somewhere else, or is that... I mean, I didn't... It was a small place, so I am not sure. There was just, like, a couple buildings. So if there was another part that was Sony Pictures, it I don't think it was right there. Okay. I think it was... I think it's somewhere else. Probably in Hollywood. That's probably the studio that they're talking about. All right. I would think. But this studio was really cute and really... Um, Everybody was so nice, and I got to hang out with uh, Jenna afterwards. Yeah, and we're going to have her on the podcast. Yeah, that was awesome. And made me, you know, just more comfortable just to be around these cool people who I admire so much. Since you're our, our representative that lives in, in that kind of area, you're probably going to be the one that has to go to all, like, all that stuff, too. Awesome. I'm here only for eight months, but let's get as much as we can done in eight months. <laughs> yeah, so ho- hopefully you can go to that uh, Justice League premiere thing, too, at the Pally Center. Yeah, I got to do my homework. Like I said, I haven't watched much Justice League, so I better... I saw that it's on iTunes now. They'll probably they'll probably give you a Blu-ray if you go to that, too. Okay. But, yeah, the, I, this is kind of like the first time they're doing kind of like sequels to like their their films that they're doing because they're doing like these new 52 films so like the last one they did was the justice league paradox flashpoint paradox uh and then this one that's coming out was justice league war which is kind of like a sequel to it and then i guess they're going to do a sequel to this one that comes out like next year or something but they're also doing that son of batman movie later this year too so are they direct to dvd kind of thing yeah Yes, they're okay. all directed to DVD, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Warner Warner Brothers uh, c- kind of are still trying to figure out their whole live action uh, right. DC stuff, but they're doing yeah. very well with their DC TV and yeah. uh, straight to DVD feature animation. So, if oh, they they're doing pretty good. These are pretty yeah. successful. Yeah, they're and they're like really well done. They're they have uh, pretty good uh, voice work on them. Like Brian Cranston uh, did oh, voice on, awesome. one of, on the Batman Year One, and then actually continuing the, the Breaking Bad, uh, uh, Giancarlo Esposito does the voice of Rosal Ghul in the Son of Batman one that's coming out after this Justice League War one. So, oh, awesome! Yeah. Gus Fring, woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, well, thank you for coming on, Jessica, and sharing. Yeah, thank you. Like your your awesome experience at Sony, and hopefully we can get you to some other animation studios in the area, like Disney and. Yeah. Well, if I ever get actually into the studios, I will definitely let you know how that goes. Definitely. The studios, yeah. <laughs> thank you guys. Uh, have a good day. It was nice meeting, talking to you guys. Hey, likewise, Jessica. Thank you. Bye, Stanford. Bye, Mark. See ya, Jessica. Bye. See ya. So that is our. Those are our new releases for the week, so we'll be back in a few seconds with the news.
And we're back with the news for the week. Uh, so the first bit, I'll let you take it away, Stanford, talking about, we're going to talk about a few Frozen stories. Yeah, so Frozen just continues to be a juggernaut for Walt Disney Animation Studios. Given the success of, of particularly what's been going on on YouTube with Frozen, you know, where people, we talked about this uh, our last episode, but people continue to post videos of their kids and whatnot singing songs or people, you know, doing their own karaoke versions of it. Uh, I also, saw, uh, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I just saw one today that was Mr. Freeze from Batman and Robin singing Let It Go. <laughs> I posted that on our Twitter feed, so that was pretty Oh, cool. cool. That's so so that's thinking. another that's another good thing with them releasing that that instrumental track. They a lot of people can just do these kind of right, things. right. People are just you know having a lot of fun with it. So Disney just decided to release a sing along version of Frozen, and a lot of studios have been doing this lately with their musicals. Uh, but there'll be a special. Uh, version of the film that has the lyrics to the songs and you follow the bouncing snowball and you'll be able to sing along in the theater. So that's going to open up on January 31st. And, uh, yeah, and you, you and I were talking about this a little bit. I was saying, I wonder if there'll be people that will go to see the movie and won't know that this is going on. And so and be like, wait, what the heck? Is... They'll pay attention to know that this is not, yeah, this is, so yeah, that'll be funny. I think it'll be funny to be playing in about a thousand theaters in the U.S. Check your local listings and see if you do want to go see Frozen. Make sure that you you want to see the sing along, or check to see if you want to see the sing along or or whichever or the the regular one. Frozen also continues to win awards. Mark, we we put, covered some of this on the on the site, but it won the uh, best animated film at the Critics Choice Awards. Uh, and also, director, or excuse me, producer of the film, Peter Del Vecco, won uh, the Producers Guild Award for uh, for best animated film production as well. So, congratulations to the Frozen team. They're just they're they're rolling along and, and yeah, winning a lot of stuff. And and I think at this point, it's almost like a foregone conclusion that they'll end up winning the. The Oscar as well. Yeah, yeah, you'd think. You never know. Something weird could happen. But yeah, definitely. I mean, I'll, I'll pick it on my Oscar ballot <laughs> you know, for my, my annual Oscar party I go to with my friends. Definitely. But yeah, that, that's all our frozen news for this week. The, the next little chunk is for How to Train Your Dragon 2. They've been releasing teaser posters for the film. Uh, there's the original one with Hiccup and Toothless. Uh, then they released. The, the a new one with Astrid and her dragon. Uh, trying to remember what the dra- her dragon's name is. It's uh, I think it's um, Storm. Oh yeah, it? Stormfly. Yeah. Look it up, Stormfly. And then, and her uh, poster's yeah. pretty reminiscent of like Hiccup's poster. And then there's a new one with fish legs and meat lug, which is pretty funny too. And yeah, that's cool. And on on Hiccup's poster, you can see a little bit of kind of facial hair like around his chin and stuff but if you look at the 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 one with fish legs he's got like a nice little goatee going on yes so it's kind of funny like with them being five years older with, with the like the guys on it having like facial hair and 
So it's kind of cool how they're like aging them up. They've a bit. aged the characters. Yeah. And I cool. wonder if, like, when with the third part they're doing, if they'll age them up even more, where they'll be like adults or whatnot adults. In, the, in that third film. So yeah, should be interesting, and I'm looking forward to How to Train Your Dragon too as well. So definitely looking forward to more of these these character posters because I mean we know there's there's more of that main cast from the first film that hasn't gotten a poster yet. So we'll look forward to those as they get released as well. Uh, so the the next bit is. Uh, exec producer of Star Wars Rebels talked about the new series. What do you have to say about that? Sandra? Yeah, you know, Mark, the with all the all these crazy rumors floating around about Pixar creating a Star Wars film or whatnot, I just thought let's just focus. Let's look at something that we know is actually happening. And so check out our site, but also really check out Enter- Entertainment Weekly with their interview with Simon Kinberg, who's the executive producer of the new Star Wars Rebel animated series that's currently under development or in production and they'll be coming out this fall on Disney XD and I'm sure Disney will play on all of their the uh, cable outlets yeah. Disney and they're Channel gonna, and they're going to do kind of like what they did with Tron Uprising where they had like that uh, special that I guess doesn't kind of count as the pilot even though it, it is right or it's like an like an hour long kind of thing where they basically put two together but yeah so I'm looking forward to that. I am too. So he he didn't really, you know, Simon Kimberg didn't really reveal anything that we didn't already know. You know, they had that release, but it still was fun to get to go a little deeper, get a little more information that that the premise of the show, where you know where it where it came from, and uh, if it's going to look or feel different from the Clone Wars, and also. The big question that I think people want to know is: is, go, is it going to include characters from the expanded universe? We already. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say just yeah, like Star Killer from Force Unleashed, or right, right, and then also you know our, our Darth Vader and uh, Emperor Palpatine going to be in the series too. Uh, so he didn't he didn't give any spoilers or really give any information, but it's still it's fun to read, and and I'm I'm really looking forward to this series. I think it's going to be great. I'm as well. Uh, me and my son just finished season five of Clone Wars. Finally. Oh yeah, that's right. How so did it go? I en- I enjoyed it, and I can see why some people, well, a lot of people were upset with like if that was definitely going to be the last episode of of the show. That'd be kind of depressing <laughs> with the with the way it ends. Uh, but we do have those, I guess, quote unquote, bonus content slash season six episodes will be getting at some point. They said early 2014, so that could be. Anytime within the next few months or so. So looking forward to those eventually. I guess in Germany, they've already started playing those 13 episodes that are going to be released. Oh, so, really? So you, you lucky Germans are getting uh, the last bit of the Clone Wars early. Yeah. <laughs> earlier than everybody yeah. else. But yeah, so I'm definitely looking forward to that season six bit of that. And then I'm, I'm hoping, I know Rebels is supposed to be like a different show, but I'm hoping that it, maybe like there's some characters that were in the clone wars that since they didn't really get a chance to tie up things with them maybe they'll be around in this universe like i'm kind of hoping like a ahsoka from clone wars will show up somewhere yeah in, you and me both and this and obviously should be aged up probably about like 20 years or so well and you wonder depending on how because i know it's supposed to be closer to episode four but it's in between episode three and four just closer to four but not so close that, you know, 
they don't have time to start like the Rebel Alliance and whatnot. Well, given her character arc too, it would be, it would be so interesting to see what she's been doing, you know, and where where, where she's been and and how how I fit. I, I I'm sure that they've got all sorts of cool stuff that they're cooking up for us at Lucasfilm Animation. And like how she would react if she found out like what happened to Anakin and right. So all stuff that would be cool for that show. So really looking forward to that. And then. Another thing that's going to be coming out later this year around holiday season is that we got Toy Story of Terror last year, 2013, a Halloween special. So this year we're getting a Christmas special with Toy Story that time forgot. And this one's going to center around Trixie, the Triceratops. So it's kind of cool that like basically uh, Jesse was the main character of, of that last short. They did the Toy Story of Terror. Then uh, Trixie's going to be the, the main one in this and then Inside Out, the will be coming out, the, the feature they have next year centers around a female character as well. So uh, basically Pixar is no longer, you know, just um, male-oriented lead characters for their films. So nobody right. can, can pick on them for that anymore. That's right. But yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I'm pretty interested to see what, how they do that and exactly... You know, it seems interesting though because the characters that are going to be in that one are the same ones that were in the Toy Story of Terror. Toy Story of Terror. So like Ham isn't going to be in it again, and uh, like I don't think Mrs. Potato Head is either. So it seems like they had this 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 kind of smaller group of the actors from the films that could come in and and do like I'm assuming they recorded the voices for these all like at the same time. So I remember, like way back, Tom Hanks posting a picture of saying he was in recording more Toy Story stuff, and everybody thought it was for Toy Story Four. At that point, which I I hope that they never make a Toy Story Four, and like they just keep doing this stuff. They don't really need to make a agreed another feature, but yeah. So I'm assuming it's just gonna be like these these actors that that were in that one and they're gonna be in this one are gonna be the ones that are in these specials if we do get any more after this Christmas one that's coming out. And this would have been a perfect thing that they could have produced at Pixar Canada, but this, this is probably going to be just in-house, obviously, now at, in Emeryville. So. In Emeryville. I'm yeah. excited for it, because uh, as we had talked about, Mark, at least we're getting something from Pixar during oh, yeah. 2014, because I was really depressed when yeah, we get this. Yeah, we get this in Party Central now. So. Yeah, oh, that's right. You get Party Central, too, uh, next month oh, yeah. with, uh, with the Muppets. The... Um, with the with the moving of the good dinosaur release date, you know that was really kind of a bummer deal. So this is awesome. Yeah. So no longer the the year without a Pixar. Yay. But yeah, and then uh, if you guys saw the artwork on there, it was by Otis Frampton, uh, who does a lot of work for How It Should Have Ended as well. So a little shout out to him because I, I liked that that little Christmas drawing he'd done of Buzz and Woody, so I figured that'd be a cool picture to. I'm so glad you included that. It's really yeah. cool picture. And you, yeah, you guys can. I'll put a link to his his. Uh, actually, that picture in that story links back to his blog. So to Otis's blog. Yeah, it's either his blog or his DeviantArt site. Either way, it shows more of his artwork. So definitely yeah, click yeah, on that if you're interested in seeing more. Uh, so that's the Toy Story stuff. So yeah, we have this stuff from Illumination Entertainment. Uh, yeah, they what do you really, think about some of these? Well, it's they they release information about their slate, and we got some additional details. So, three films 
that are that are currently uh, being worked on at, at Illumination Entertainment. Uh, their first one coming out in twenty is February twelfth, twenty sixteen, where the working title is Pets, and they announced some of the voice cast for Pets. It's uh, Louis C.K. Kevin Hart. Oh, go ahead. Well, I'm assuming I'm excited about Louis C.K. being in that movie. You know, I, I think it's a great choice. And and uh, Kevin Hart, who is pretty popular right now, <laughs> too, clearly. And Eric Stone Street. Who, who plays Cameron on Modern Family. On Modern Family. So, and there's this image of like this huge big brown dog. Like a little beagle and then like this rabbit, and you and I were kind of speculating that Lucy K is probably the Lucy K is the big dog, and then Eric Stone is probably the rabbit, and then Kevin Hart is probably the beagle, or it could be, I don't know, it could be any mix of that. It'd probably be funny, funnier if Kevin Hart was the rabbit, <laughs> uh, Louis C.K. was the the beagle, and Eric Stone Street was the huge, uh, like almost Chewbacca esque, right dog. So, so the, the the plot summary that they release is that Pets follows the lives of, th- of three Manhattan apartment building pets. And their day begins when the owners leave for work or, or for school. So almost like a Toy Story thing. A where Toy Story you know, for pets. Yeah, for pets. So uh, anyway, I think there's going to be stuff going on in this in this. Uh, apartment building in 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 Manhattan with the, with with these pets. So a lot of potential for for uh, some some fun stuff. The next film that that Illumination Entertainment is working on, which will come as a surprise to no one, is Despicable Me 3, which is scheduled to be released June 30th, 2017. The epic ending to the Despicable Me trilogy. The Despicable Me trilogy, yeah. So, although I, I can't see how they would li- limit themselves to a trilogy, that thing, you know, they'll be able to print money. Although, you know, because I mean, I guess the the four the four quill, what would you call it? The quadrilogy, <laughs> quadrilogy. Yeah, uh, it's kind of the new thing, and they like to go to four instead of just three now, like with Shrek. You split the third, or you split the third chapter into two. Yeah, <laughs> right. And then Illumination is doing uh, a new animated version of How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the Doctor Seuss. Story coming out also in November in 2017. It's November 17th, and this isn't their first time doing Doctor Seuss because they did the the Lorax as well, right? So and I'm assuming it'll be very close to that style for that movie, and and I wonder who they'll they'll get for it because uh, I, I liked these animated Doctor Seuss movies they've done because like even Horton that was that was Fox that was mm-hmm. but that that looks very close in style too. I love that. The, the Lorax. So it's kind of cool, even though they're being made by different studios, they're basically going off of the Dr. Seuss like mm-hmm. designs for them. So I could, with those films, I could see very easily how some people might get confused with who, which studios are making those. Yeah. Uh, but, and since that's a different studio, that'd be cool, though, if they could have ever done like a Dr. Seuss box set of like these animated films. But yeah, I'm looking forward to this cause since I, I liked the Lorax, and I'm, I'm assuming they did a pretty good voice cast for this, too. I think so too. You know, I probably mentioned this to you or in my article that 
I, I, I love the, the Chuck Jones animated oh, yeah. version. Uh, you know, that was just a staple of my childhood, and I love to watch it every year. Was it only Christmas like 20 time. minutes, too? Yeah, it's just it's 20, 22 minutes, and it's, it's, it's brilliantly done and such a wonderful uh, version of the, of the story. I can't say I was a huge fan of the live-action version that Ron Howard directed with starring Jim Carrey as the Grinch that was released in uh, 2000. I think a lot of people like it. It, it had a lot. There, there was great production values, and you know, I thought the sets were cool and the costumes were cool. Yeah, I just costume remember was awesome. his costume was fantastic. I'm just happy that they're giving the feature film another shot. So we'll see. We'll see what happens in the hands of of, of the folks at Illumination. Yeah, it should be interesting to see what they do for the like a full like feature length story for right their take on it as opposed to like Universal's. Well, and, action. and I, you know, I don't mean to be a jerk about it. I just, I thought that the Universal's take on it. I know you, you have to add some backstory or some other stuff because it needs to be feature length, right? Yeah. But oh, all this backstory they added that was <laughs> annoying. To I was me. the Grinch as a kid. Yes, but so that's yeah. just me. See, yeah, I I almost wish that the Horton movie had been done by Illumination as well, because since that has the Who's in it as well, yes, to see if there would be like some way where they could tie the Who's in that f- film to the Who's that'll be in this one, be in the Grinch. Yeah, and, and like you know, get Steve Carell to do like a, a cameo as his oh, that'd character be awesome. from. <laughs> Or it would, it would even be kind of funny if uh, Jim Carrey played Horton again, and then it, like it, it goes in to the Grinch. So it's kind of like a weird right. Jim Carrey degree separation with the Grinch. But yeah, we're definitely looking forward to these uh, the next few films that Illumination has coming out. Uh, and then we had heard back a while ago that John Carr's had left Disney to kind of pursue and like go on his own for a bit and now we found out that he's going to be directing a film for Paramount who's trying to get their animation studio off the ground as as well so what, what do you think about that well I'm glad to glad to know where John Cars has landed uh, I think you know why not? who didn't like Paper Man <laughs> that's probably the way to say it Paper Man was so fantastic and one of the greatest uh, shorts that Disney's put out in quite a while you know long time and the uh and such an interesting style that we that often we, we we talk about as well so sad that he left disney but exciting for him and, and it sounds like it's, it's a cool opportunity and i think the, the the folks at paramount that was a, that was a coup for them to get to get him and it'll be in you know since paramount is no longer distributing dreamworks films you know they they didn't have Really, any anything going as far as animation in their in their pipeline uh, until until this, as far as what they've announced. So, I think I think it's going to be really interesting to see where what what kind of film it is, as well as what kind of animation studio Paramount is going to assemble. Yeah, and the, the film is called Shed. Uh, it's written by. Uh, Tripper Clancy, and it's based on an original concept by Adam Goodman, who is actually the president of Paramount. It's, film yeah, the, the head of Paramount Film Group. Yep. So yeah, I'm I'm interested in seeing exactly how that film comes out. Seeing if uh, John Carr uses like his his kind of unique style that he did with 
Paperman maybe on this film as well, and to kind of learn more about like what exactly the story is for Shed. And is there like a, a year like release date for that yet? Or is no, the only thing they announced was the name John Cars, Paramount, and Shed, and everything else. Yeah, so we'll look forward to more news on that too. And and then the last little bit is that with uh, Toonbox Entertainment's the nut job doing so well in January, I guess it's the best. Uh, it's best best box office for an animated feature ever in January, which, uh, to be fair, there, there's not really that many anime movies that, that get out. released in January. And, and then with January, <laughs> it's usually the dumping ground for a bunch of movies that studios don't have that much faith in. So I, I'm, I'm glad that a smaller studio is is having such a hit on their hands. And, and the film actually was better than I thought it was going to be going into it. And uh, the only thing is that I wish that instead of, like, I mean, I guess they have to do the sequel since this movie is doing so well, but I, I wish that since it did do so well, maybe like they would just do another original film. Rather than a rehash of or, the... Or just like a, a sequel, because, I mean, I know we have, cause we have sequels to everything. Yeah. But it'll be interesting to see, I guess, what they do with the story for a second film, and maybe Sai will do his... <laughs> uh, Will it be in the second <laughs> film as well, doing the his gentleman song that was uh, also his other hit. Yeah. But hopefully his cameo is like actually in the film and not just in the credits. <laughs> if, right. If, so that way, I guess it makes more sense. And hey, well, who's this random guy that just showed up in the credits? Let's just put science. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's all our our main news for the week. So we'll be back in a few seconds with our new trailers. with our trailers for the week the first one uh, we talked about a little bit earlier when we were doing the reviews is for son of batman uh another film from dc animated uh it's based on batman and son the graphic novel uh where batman finds out that he has a son with talia al ghul uh, ra's al ghul's daughter uh so, so what did you think about the trailer for this well, I really like this work that's that's uh, coming out of Warner Brothers Animation for the, for their DC uh, universe. As we were talking about with Jessica, it seems like you know the DC universe in animation is really doing some awesome stuff. While there's in live action, they're they're still trying to figure out what what they're going to do. Or we'll see what happens with this whole Superman versus Batman. Yeah, with the release date versus around. And... Yeah, versus Wonder Woman and all that, whatever, you know, it's going to be. Uh, but I, I thought it looked, it looked cool. Yeah. I, th- I thought that, uh, again, I just, as I typically, as, as I was just saying, the, the animation looks uh, really good. And, and they, I think they've been, they've been consistent with the animation at Warner Brothers and, 
and with, with with these DC direct video things and uh, good for them. This is this I think looks to be like a great thing. What did you think? Yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought it looked pretty cool. I liked I like the voice actors that they have on for this. Yes. We talked about these a little bit earlier too. But I'm I'm wondering if they'll they'll do like another film with with Damien because there's another storyline where they did like a death in the uh, death of the family with like the Joker and whatnot in comics. So I wonder if they would continue the storyline with with him in that too. So I'm interested because uh, they have like these kind of separate films going on, like I mean, like we talked about with like the Justice League, where they're actually kind of doing sequels with those. So it'll be interesting to see if they would do like a continuation of uh, Damian Wayne and, and another film too. And it'd be cool. To, I wonder if uh, Nightwing. Dick uh, Grayson will show up as well, mm-hmm. since Damien is the the new Robin. Is I mean, the new Robin? He's like the at this point in the story, he's the fourth Robin. So because there is, uh, let me see if I can remember. There's D- Dick Grayson and there's Jason Todd. I don't, I don't think I can remember the third one. But then there's the Damien Wayne. But I, I know one of them. One of them was the one that died. At, like way back uh, in death in the family. So definitely looking forward to checking that out. It comes out in April, I believe. April. Yeah. Is, so I believe what we heard. Yeah. Yeah. So they're kind of putting these out a little bit faster than they usually do. Cause you yeah, usually get are. one in the, the, the winter and then one later in the year. Yeah. So, so like, it's like two months after justice league war, this yeah. was coming out. So definitely looking forward to that. And then the the next one is there's a new theatrical trailer for Mr. Peabody and Sherman has a little yes. bit more uh, footage in it, a little bit more of like an introduction to Mr. Peabody at the beginning of it uh, with different things that he had invented. So <laughs> what, what did you think about the the second trailer for this? I, I you know, it looks fun. I, I you know, these are cartoons that I loved as a kid. Yeah. Love uh, watching uh, Bullwinkle and and anytime they do the Mr. Peabody and Sherman segments in it, you know, those, I think those were probably my favorite. So I I, I hope that I hope they've got a, a a good story. The animation looks good, and and the voice the voice cast is good. Yeah. So fingers crossed that it's going to be a, it's going to be a good thing. Again, just I was talking about with the Grinch. Uh, I won't. I won't stay on my soapbox long, Mark. I promise. But I really yeah, get when all this backstory has to get invented for a feature. It just kind of makes, sometimes makes me crazy. So, so we'll see how much backstory they've had. You know, I mean, clearly they put some in. Then they also added uh, a little girl character named Penny yeah. into into the mix, and she might be fun. She might be annoying. We'll see. <laughs> yes, yeah. we'll, well, it's it's funny with that too, with the with the modern family connection too between uh, yes. Ty Burrell as Mr. Peabody, and then she's uh, Ariel Winters who plays who plays her uh, daughter. I mean, yeah. his daughter on the show. His, right. Yeah. So, and then the little boy is uh, young Peter Parker from the Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. So, well, I'm definitely, I'm yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. We're working on getting some of the animators from that film on closer to that film coming out too, and. Uh, our, our writer John uh, Huber is really looking forward to that movie. He's, He's a huge man, yeah. J. Ward fan, so definitely looking forward to Mr. P. Buddy and Sherman. Yes. So yeah, those are our trailers for the week, and then we'll be back, close out with our recommendations. Just 
Everything that's wonderful is sure to come your way when you're in love to stay. All right, and we're back with our recommendations for the week. Uh, my recommendation this week, uh, we had uh, Jonas and Polly and his, his friend Jesse Perota, uh, probably mispronouncing his last name, Perota, uh, back on, like, way back in the episode 25 I think uh, but to talk about when they did the live action Toy Story film last year where they recreated uh, the film shot for shot in live action and now Jonathan had entered this contest to to basically he recreated the the second Lego movie trailer in live action like with a mix of like uh, um, green screen and puppets and stop motions and, and Legos for, yeah and Legos yeah. So yeah, so it's pretty funny to definitely suggest checking it out, uh, especially if you liked their live action Toy Story. It's kind of done in that same kind of style as well. So I definitely would suggest checking it out. What did, what did you think about it? Oh, I agree with you, Mark. I thought it was a lot of fun. They uh, so so clever. I love the I love the audio tracks they put in too. That they they sounds like they recorded them also. You know, in their own. Little okay. studio themselves and added added them to the mix and and uh, just shot for shot they're 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 right on it's really fun yeah. and then, yeah and he only lives like twenty minutes away from me so oh but, does he yeah. yeah okay I found that out after like I saw the live action thing and then saw that they were from Gilbert which is just right yeah so yeah, definitely and then what was your recommendation for the week. Well, Mark, we'll just keep talking about Frozen again. <laughs> I, I, we put this in one of our Frozen articles on the site, but I just am hoping our listeners will go check out the uh, Let It Go sequence that they put it in. They put the audio in, in 25 different languages, so they've got these 25 different female singers singing in the you know whatever language they are they're singing in and. And uh, and then at the bottom of the screen, almost like a subtitle, it says what language is coming. So basically, every phrase of that song in that three and a half minute sequence is is a, is a different language. It's all sung in the same key, but it's it's great. It's cool to hear these different singers, and then to hear these different, uh, you know, just all these different languages, and uh, r- really fun. I, I thought. What did you did you get a chance to look at that? What did you think? Yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. Like just how seamlessly it goes in between. Yes. Each language throughout. So it's definitely yeah, and, and like like we said, there's a bunch of different like fan videos for Let It Go. Like, and I saw someone did a song for like a like uh, a child Elsa replying to the the Anna song. Do you want to build a snowman? And it's like. I think it was called, of course, I want to build a snowman or something like that. But it's interesting that, like, what some people are doing with the, the fandom for Frozen. Frozen fandom is going big. Uh, do, do you think they, uh, yeah, and I, I found, like, some art where people show, like, some of the of the characters after the film and, like, what might have happened to them as well, too. So. Yeah. So speaking of that, do you think they would 
you think they would do as a sequel to Frozen? I remember last year there was talk about them doing a sequel to Wreck-It Ralph as well. You know, I, it'll be really interesting to see what Disney decides, Disney Animation Studios decides to do because the, uh, you know, I guess when these properties become so successful, you know, how could they not consider do, doing a sequel? But then also, is there a story to tell? I, I really like how John Lasseter has talked about that for what they do up at Pixar. So they really say that the story drives it rather than just to say, oh, we're going to do a sequel, even though I think some people might criticize Pixar for, you know, for, for doing too many sequels. I, I, I'm not one of them because I think that the sequels typically, we won't talk about cars. I know that that's not um, everyone's favorite, but, but uh, typically are quite good, you know. And only about ten percent of their movies are actually sequels, too. Right, exactly. So it's people's perception. Is uh, I mean, we all we all the right to our own opinion. But I, I, if it, I guess my hope is that they don't do a sequel. Yeah. I, I just. I think they be. could do like maybe like what they do with Tangled and. Right. They have like a tiny like short, maybe. Which was so fun and and, and a perfect way to have another experience in that world with the with those characters but without having to have some some uh story but also and also with with tangled ever after the animation quality was really high yeah you know because they did it announced there at at disney animation and it wasn't just something that they whipped together uh you know uh, i so and they didn't really even need to use the voice talent for that much of it because it's all it's all pretty much yeah, it's just Pascal and Maximus, yeah, which is pretty. Fun. Like they kind of already did like a short for Frozen because that first teaser trailer they put out was True. just Vien and Olaf, which is not a scene that's even in the movie, like we've said. So yeah, there's your your Frozen short film right there. Right, little continuing adventures of Olaf or something, you know, that could be. Yeah, yeah I think if anything, they'll they'll do like a short film with Olaf with how uh, popular a character he's become. So. Well, and, and and I wonder too. I don't know what 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 Disney's strategy is going to be with with even with the Wreck It Ralph sequel. Is it something that's yeah. going to come from animation shorts with studio, him. right? Or is it something that they're going to turn over to the Disney Toon Studios to do yeah. something that would be more for the direct to video, direct to DVD market? Uh, I, I I don't know. I'm not sure. So yeah, hopefully. Hopefully, if they do do any kind of continuance of stories with like these these movies, it's just like little tiny short films. Cause That's my hope. Or specials, because I mean, they they could easily just do specials with or shorts, and that would be just as good as if they did a a feature. Because I mean, that still gives people more story with the characters, where they don't have to spend as much money on making a feature, and they don't have to worry about you know ruining it. If it doesn't, if it's not well, that. right. Say that's the thing is that that I think it dilutes it dil, it dilutes the brand. Yeah. Yeah. So so hopefully uh, we'll see what happens with that. But yeah, that's all we have for our news episode this week. Uh, so hope you guys in, enjoyed all the news you brought to you. And if again, if there's anything that you thought we missed. You guys can contact us on Twitter. Uh, the show is at Animated Podcast. Or myself, I'm at Mark Vibbert, M-A-R-C-V-I-B-B-R-T. 
And I'm at Stanford Clark. And then you can feel free to email us at animationfascinationpodcast at gmail.com. You can visit our site, animationfascination.wordpress.com, where you can check out all the news stories in written form before these news podcasts come out. Check out all the stories that Stanford and Jessica and uh, John and everybody else here are writing on the site. Uh, and then also you can like us on Facebook just by searching for Animation Fascination. So I'm Mark Pibbert for myself, Stanford Clark, uh, and, and Jessica, if you joined us today as well. Thank you for listening, and make sure to tune in again next time, guys. Thanks, Mark. Take care. Happy birthday. Thanks. All right. Talk See to you later. Sony Animation uh, talk. Yeah. Awesome time editing this. Oh, I know. <laughs> Sorry. That's all right. Well, because I'm going oh. to insert like, stuff in. From all over the place. Yeah. Not to mention all the interruptions we've had thanks to Skype. I don't know what's going on.